Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Mary Bolling, it's Kate so lovely. To, it's so great to see you. Um, today we're talking about Octopus, which was um, a surprising um hit for me in the in this season drop of bluey i i don't think i've ever felt more seen than when chloe turned to her dad and just said bluey's dad is more fun than you oh i see bluey's dad is more fun than you (laughs) and surely this is this is like a, a a ode to every parent out there who watches Bluey and just goes, just, how can I compete with a cartoon oh, dog? Oh, man. <laughs> Finally, we can stop bashing ourselves oh up God. because we've got a hero in Chloe's dad. Oh, I know. He's the hero the times need. Yes. Very clean hero. <laughs> very clean hero with a very nice house. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, man. And there's a bit of <laughs> intel straight up on the house because Give it to uh, me. our hero, uh, Costa, art director for Bluey, did have a bit, bit to share on Twitter about that, that Ooh, um, yes. there's actual street-level inspiration for this house Ooh. was when um, he was researching. They wanted something that had a bit of architect's flair and we'll probably get to, art, you know, why it needed to be architect-based uh, later in the episode. But... Um, so yeah, he was looking for designer homes with a bit of edge and he was snooping around Caravel Court in Cleveland, oh. which uh, is sort of on the coast in Bluey's, uh, in Bluey in Brisbane Southeast. Um, mm. and yeah, looked it up, you know, houses are going for about 1.7 to 2.1 oh uh, in that part of the world. Each, uh, it's sort of built on the, uh, canals, uh, there on the coast of like on the, where Brisbane meets the water and um yeah every house seems to have a boat ramp so um odd that you'd have a boat ramp on your house and not know much about marine life but perhaps they're about <laughs> to remedy that octopuses don't talk like that well octopi don't talk at all yeah they do they go blub blub yeah like that but more blub 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 and you have blub. to wave your arms about and yeah, uh, Costa's, uh, take was don't ask me how the housing economy in this dog world is just thriving so much. Uh, he just likes painting nice houses. So well, I think he found nice houses to work with. He yeah. must be like, um, you know, you said we'd get to this later, Mayor, but, um, I've always assumed that Chloe's dad is an architect because there's like a drafts table next to his Mac computer. <laughs> and I don't know, he just has sort of a technical kind of, I have a detail that to me screams architect. And now that I've heard Costa's um, reasoning, that sort of to me marries true. I have a house detail, bit of intel though, and that is that the house is number 101. Like 101 Dalmatians. It's so perfect. It's so Disney. Yeah, uh, love it. Uh, All Dalmatians should come in groups of 101. (laughs) There's only two in this episode. Um, but, yeah, so very Disney, especially Disney right now because yeah. we've had the Cruella movie. Uh, have you dived in? No, I haven't because isn't it on the premium function? Yeah, and I just, no, I'm, like, I'm already paying for the I'm streaming. No, I'm not doing that. 
It'll get, so yeah, we'll see it when it's free, Disney. Yeah, uh, sort it out. So, Mary, I feel like this episode really does get to the heart of how do you play with your kids when you feel really awkward about it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're actually called tentacles. Okay, you have to wave your tentacles about. Uh, blub, blub. Look, this all feels a bit silly. I think I'm just going to be a quiet octopus. Okay. And surely there is no animal in this world slightly more awkward than an octopus. <laughs> like, did you watch um, My Octopus Teacher when it was on Netflix last year and it was all the rage? Uh, no, but luckily we're back in lockdown, so I have plenty of time to watch it now. <laughs> should I? You should watch it. Um, okay. I saw all the people raving about it on Twitter and the commentary that, Yes, the man looks like he's in love with the octopus, which to me I was just intrigued from that. Okay, and right. So um, the documentary, if you haven't seen it, I think it's on Netflix still. It's um, uh, a filmmaker in South Africa who's going through depression and to help cure his depression he decides to go cold water swimming in the ocean. Um, and then as he's swimming he stumbles across this sort of um, – corner of the ocean and sees an octopus and in that moment connecting somehow with this octopus is like well what if I come back every every day for a year and follow this octopus and and see if I can find it again and and he does that and they develop this every day or he finds takes a year to find it again no no like he finds it pretty like he goes back to the same place every day and over the course of the year he has this incredible relationship with this octopus. Okay. And this is real. And like, but um, I think the thing that I just found amazing was um, like how the octopus almost poured itself like water into all these amazing shapes. There would be times where all its tentacles would grab, you know, a dozen or more shells and clamber them around its body almost like a protective armor um okay and there were ways that it would walk across the floor of the ocean almost that it looked like a a lady in a big black skirt or um you know pour itself into tiny little cracks it was quite amazing how intelligent and um yeah human in a lot of ways it was um yeah and I think you'd you'd love to watch it plus I don't know about you, but like it's always very satisfying when you can watch some zeitgeisty show and it only <laughs> takes an hour of your time. Like I've just finished yes. I've just finished watching Shits Creek and that was an investment. <laughs> like that was a six season investment. <laughs> and I didn't really enjoy the first two seasons and I was like, everyone tells you that it gets really good and I pushed through and it was great by the end. But oh see, it was an investment. So much more commitment than me. Like oh. if there's more than three seasons or if the show goes for more than 27 minutes i'm like nah (laughs) well the show went for 27 minutes so that's kind of well they're borderline but yeah okay (laughs) yeah anyway i highly recommend my octopus teacher i think it was a 90 minute show but well worth a watch it was um quite an incredible ending and i was thinking about it a lot with this episode actually because it was this slightly awkward man awkward man's relationship with an octopus that kind of literally brought him back into the world again and um you know i'm not saying that there's a correlation there but there might be this is your treasure i don't think an octopus would have treasure that's more of a pirate thing but he has to and 
I have to steal it. Ready? Uh, I guess. Look, a robin! Why would a robin be under the sea? When was my octopus teacher in peak zeitgeist? Oh, Could it have been before about June 2020, I reckon? Well, this episode wouldn't have aired until November. Mm. It's a tight timeline, but mm. maybe, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, next interview with Joe Brum. All the it's questions. On the list. All the octopus-based questions. <laughs> we'll add it to our encyclopedia. Hi, Dad. Hey, Chloe. What are you reading? Oh, I'm reading facts about octopi. So uh, let's start with the healer house where we open and Bluey and Bandit are playing with Chloe and um, I'm particularly loving Bandit's eyes in this scene when he is the octopus. Would you say it's a slightly like dead inside kind of look? (laughs) Sort of glazed. It's an octopus at SeaWorld that really doesn't have that much space (laughs) to play with. Like, yeah, he's not open water, you know, protecting himself with shells. That's for sure. No, it's very much a blah, 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 um, yeah. which uh, I'm I'm here for, and I'm sure the animators <laughs> had a lot of fun. Like, how can we make this anthropomorphic dog look like an octopus in this moment? Uh, as the usual, bit, nailed it. Yeah, the very bendy <laughs> arms, great. Okay, I'll explain it. Dad's the octopus. That's why he talks like that. <laughs> and we're fish or something, and we have to steal his treasure and get back to our fish home. Uh, is that all the rules, Dad? <laughs> and they're playing this game with a uh, hairbrush. To me, that had very Little Mermaid vibes. Ooh, Mary, yes, yeah, the yeah. treasure trove. Yeah, mm, yeah, with the treasure, with the things to comb the hair. Um, and Chloe and Bluey just seem to be having a ripper old time. It's all very fun and games, literally. Um, did you ever do that knee thing? I was watching Chloe do the, her little knee hop dance and I was like, oh, it's bringing back flashbacks from about grade two, I reckon. No. No? I was homeschooled in grade two though, so perhaps that's why. No. <laughs> Talk me through it. Um, she's sort of holding her knee but like making it almost like a skipping rope over her other leg. Wow, that sounds complicated. It was complicated. You think, yeah. So that's doable in real life? I you think can do so. That. Have you tried it lately? No. <laughs> of course not. I'd fall. <laughs> I'd probably break my hip. <laughs> okay, well, don't try it then. Um, yeah, okay. Never done leg skipping. Um, probably never will. But, yeah, the big kind of, yes, this is real to childhood thing for me was just how the randomness of how games build and build and yeah look a robin like you just you'd love <laughs> we to know where that came robins from in australia do we like i think we do do we do we have robin, robin regress i think so i've only ever seen them in the uk but anyway that's well, like maybe they're in queensland mountains in new south wales <laughs> i don't know i've never seen one in australia so they could be i'm not sure could be like a patamelon that's to me it's like <laughs> Oh, pattern melons. So good. Pattern melons. I told you they're not very smart. My dad's here. See you, Bluey. Bye, Chloe. So, and then Chloe gets picked up um, and she's driving home. Um, musical little note, um, Mary, uh, from when we talked with Joff the other week, you mentioned that that piece was Chopin. And I can confirm it is uh, Frederick Chopin's Nocturne Number no. 2 in E-flat major, arguably Ooh. his most famous beautiful piece. Dad, 
Can you play octopuses with me when we get home? It's so much fun! Um, yes, okay. That sounds like a good way to learn about sea creatures. Now, Chopin uh, was born in Poland um, at the height of the Romantic era, which um, is when music was extremely expressive, um, all about love and painting pictures with its notes. Um, now, Chopin, uh, apparently he was a bit of a ladies' man, a bit of Ooh. a celebrity in the classical music sphere. Um, right. He had lots of uh, patronages, wink, wink, <laughs> yeah. and um, ended up moving to Paris to escape um, uh, persecution and um, from the lady. No, oh, okay. in no, Poland, just, just, just okay, you know, right, yeah. general <laughs> wars and okay, sure. hard times. No, good um, to know the ladies were going easy on him. At uh, least. Yeah, and he actually dedicated this nocturne apparently to um, Berlioz's ex fiance. So, you know, that's a bit scandal. Uh... Not that they've ever had a dalliance according to Wikipedia, but you know, that's. It's potentially there. I don't know what I'm more scandalised about, uh, uh, the fact that I've never heard of Berlioz or uh, the fact that they did or didn't have a dalliance. Um, um, yeah, um, Berlioz. Um, what would you know that he's done? He's done heaps of stuff. <laughs> I'll take your word for Romeo it. Romeo and Juliet? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard of those guys. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> like... Crap. I'm just trying to think what is most famous. On the classic FM in Chloe's dad's car that is clearly being cranked. Um, yeah, so it's it's an absolutely beautiful piece and um, there's actually three movements in this sonata and, yeah, this one's considered to be the most uh, work. And this is a, a piano sonata. Got it. Or nocturne. I don't know the difference between. Oh, I do actually. It's structural. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's always structural. Yeah, but um, the architect is listening to it. Love it. There. Now you have to be an octopus. Um. Okay. Hi. I'm an octopus. So they get back to Chloe's house. Um. How many times did your heart break over the next two and a half minutes, Mary? Um. Yes. It. It was. It was constant. But um. As much as. Chloe's dad's heart is breaking because he can see written all over her face. He's disappointing her, but he just doesn't know what to do with that. What's up, Chloe? Is the game over? Yes. You're not playing it properly. But this is how I play it. <laughs> you do wonder how Chloe's gotten to assumedly six like Bluey and um, he hasn't quite got the the game playing thing by now. Perhaps he's spent all this time up until now building this beautiful house because he's an architect. See, I'm not surprised at all because I know so many parents like this. Like, I don't know if you felt this way, but when I watched this episode, I was just like, oh, this is for the other parents. You know, like, you know, like, Mare, you are amazing. Every time you see my kids, <laughs> you are all in there, like, like inventing games and, you know, like, they are just like, Auntie Mary is the coolest and the funnest. But for every Auntie Mary... There are Chloe's dads, you know, and um, and they're a bit awkward and they don't quite know what to do with kids. Yeah, right. Okay. And, and maybe, like, I mean, Bluey's been absolutely wonderful. We've talked about this before, I think, that there's going to be a whole generation of kids that grow up knowing the games within Bluey because they're 
parents were playing them with them, not just because they were watching them on the show, right? And mm, Yep. But I think for a lot of those parents, maybe if they weren't having that modelled to them through a show like Bluey, how would they be playing with their kids and would it be as animated and as fun? Like, It's, yeah, and it, that, it's true. And probably I was going to say especially dads because, you know, it's less likely that being involved with their kids has been modelled to them because of those, you know, distant There's huge dad generational gaps. Yeah, yeah, massive generational gaps. But also you do just need to be a bit of an idiot <laughs> <laughs> to do that level of dumb play being an octopus as Bandit does so well. Yeah, you need yeah, zero shame. Not an idiot. <laughs> well, I thought maybe it will help me play your octopus game better. Oh. Turns out octopi are actually quite smart. Really? And you were right. They do collect treasure. See? When he was saying, look, this all feels a bit silly, I mean, so often, like, like you're in the park or something and your kid, I don't know, wants you to, I don't even know, like pretend tan bark and bum worms or something like that and you're just like, of course it oh, feels that a bit again. silly. You know, like... I just, um, yeah, I, even when Chloe was like, Dad, you're not meant to be smart. <laughs> like, I mean, what a line. Oh, oh, so rough. But but then Chloe also has the redemption line of this episode. Well, how about this rule? No one is allowed to say no, but octopuses don't do that. Okay, what should we say instead? How about we can say yes? This octopus does that. Yeah, but in octopus, that sounds a bit like this. <laughs> Man, what a what a life solution that this episode has in that line, I reckon. That redemption whole sequence is just beautiful, isn't it? I mean, mm. we, we go from seeing them like Chloe is looking through this thick aquarium glass and there's that you know, there's a, a physical but also a metaphorical um, barrier between them. Yes. Um, and her dad's sitting with his back to it, but he's at the same time trying to work out how to connect with her in his own way. I just, yeah, I just, uh, that moment for me really gets me. Also, long dog alert inside the aquarium ooh. down the bottom. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that one. Got a <laughs> tiny little pink nose, which helps you find it. Just love a look through an aquarium as well. Like I think anyone who grew up when, you know, who was our age, who who watching Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann oh, one, was, oh. you know, seminal, uh, I think just has a thing for aquariums. Is that is that a generalisation? Is there anyone who doesn't? <laughs> um, I don't know. But, yeah, if you would have an aquarium and Desiree kissing you in the background, it would probably <laughs> yeah. be like, sorry, Tim, you know, like came over here. They've got the moves. It's Leo. I'm reliably informed by the good people of the Bluey fan club online that they are neon tetrafish as well in Ooh, the aquarium. Okay. So nice little bit of extra marine uh, interest if that floats your love boat. Love it. And I love that... Um, like Chloe's dad, what a beautiful way to kind of apologize. Like he didn't just say sorry about that. He actually was saying, no, you were right. And these are the reasons why you were right. And, and really complimented her on understanding that octopuses had treasure. And yeah, uh, I, 
I just I just really thought that whole thing was pretty nice. So Yeah, loved it. Um although it does lead me to the main plot hole in this episode. Oh god. Uh, that no one until the uh, Dalmatians do the research seems to have that much knowledge about, you know, the life and times of sea creatures. And are you really telling me there's two six-year-olds out there that don't watch octonauts and are not completely <laughs> across every type of fish in the ocean and all the facts and figures of what they do? O- octonauts would not make my top five, Mary. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, I've got to admit it wouldn't make my top five either, although it is it, it has a kind of charm for anyone who doesn't does, know it Octonauts. Does. It's uh, been a kids' show out of the UK um, since 2010. ABC in Australia was one of the first ones to pick it up and uh, at the time uh, observed that, you know, it was doing the best the best ratings ever amongst the kids bracket that it was a unprecedented success. Um, <laughs> we should unprecedented these days, guys, cause yeah, lift obviously your game. Bluey uh, blew it out of the water, but yeah, we got onto watching Octonauts on ABC, but it's on Netflix as well. And oh, nice. you know how on different sort of services, they structure episodes differently. Yeah. Um, in between the Octopus, Noughts episodes on Netflix. They have a kind of extra bit that's called a creature report where they creature recap. Report. Yes, creature yes. report. Creature oh my gosh! Yes, I um, know it. I know it well. Okay. I'm so glad you know it because yes, recap kind of the things they learnt about octopuses or uh, whatever it was that was the main creature of the episode. My kids get up and march around the lounge room to creature report. I love it just that. is such a banger. <laughs> Like, and, and, like, who doesn't love a jingle? Like, I yes. still remember every ad phone number from the 1980s, early 1990s that had a jingle attached. Like, yeah, totally. Mobile, we come to you 13, 30, 32. <laughs> that will never leave my brain. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. There is nothing right about that ad. No, <laughs> it was a mechanic service, by the way, just, just putting it out there. Classic. Oh, is there any more things about octopuses? Well, yeah, look. When an octopus is scared and wants to escape, it can shoot out a cloud of ink. Wow! I'm going to invent a new segment, I think, for our podcast, Mary, and I think this should be called the Brene Brown moment of oh, the podcast. Yeah, okay. Because we Brene, all have to go back I mean, to my friend Brene. But um, I think the Brene Brown moment was animals don't like being hurt, so they do all sorts of things to avoid it. Ooh, that okay. line from um, after they're talking about how the octopus spews out ink and then the electric eel shocks people. Mm-hmm. And it really had me reflecting on the types of armour that we put around ourselves to protect ourselves. And one of them is, you know, that sort of that ambivalent, cool sort of exterior yes. because we're afraid to show joy or that silliness because it actually takes so much more vulnerability to feel joy and that just that release of um, play than it mm. does to pretty much lots of other emotions. I was thinking about 
you know, like for for a man who's no doubt extremely professional and and very orderly, and like the the chaos that can ensue with play would probably be quite scary. And um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, we see those feelings getting hurt in this with Chloe and her dad um, when they both can't understand each other. So anyway, I just thought that was a beautiful. Very subtle explanation oh. and just hit me really hard in the heart. So. That is beautiful, absolutely. Mm. I know. So anyway, a new segment. There we go. I wonder if we can get Brene watching Bluey. You reckon? <laughs> I think she would love it. And then she it. can come on the pod. <laughs> she likes everything I like. No, she doesn't. <laughs> She's very into sports. It's not really my forte. Oh. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but Ted Lasso is coming back and she is a massive Ted Lasso fan. Have you watched Ooh, Ted Lasso? No. Oh, my gosh. I just adore it. I think okay. it is comedy, comedy, but also incredibly heartfelt. Um, I can probably, yeah, like it's sort of like Shit's Creek-esque in that you walk away just from each episode with a big smile on your face um, because there are – but the difference being – um, Ted is an inherently good person and just by him being himself, he brings this goodness to so many other people where I feel like the character arc for Shit's Creek was uh, that yeah. they started off as deplorable and then they kind of redeemed over the course okay, of the series. Sure. So anyway, oh, I love Ted Lasso. you're sorting out my lockdown viewing for me. Thank oh you, Oh, my Kate. God, that's fine. <laughs> just, you know, it's been good to talk. Uh, yeah, so I actually think that that's probably my line of the episode, actually. Animals don't like being hurt, so they do all sorts of things to avoid it. Subtle and quick, but just so powerful. And, oh, yeah. Man, that is beautiful. I think if we're skipping ahead to lines, um, mm. mine is, is, but this octopus can. Oh, and yeah. yeah, and I think probably, you know, much like animals, Doing what they can to avoid being hurt, the uh, the shape shiftingness of animals that mm. uh, that you referred to in um, my octopus teacher. Uh, yeah, I think um, we're an evolved species. We've you know we adapt, and yeah, there's a lot to be said for the adapting going on in this episode. It's just cute. That's beautiful. Yeah, and did you get very Obama vibes with it as well? Like this Ooh. octopus can, you know, because like it's all came oh, I mean, like it was, yes, we yeah. can. I feel like um, if they were going to make the movie poster out of this one, it might even be like, like yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> so good. What else is there? Well, see this. It's a flying fish. A fish that can fly? Yeah, just small distances, but still. That's clever. Anyway, it's been an emotional journey. So we get to the final scene, Mary, and mm-hmm. Bluey is over at Chloe's house. Now, I wondered if this somehow married into, and I think we've had this debate before, is it Feather Wand? Where, no, that's Ooh. where she's going to Chloe's party. What's the one where, bingo, bingo, oh, where she's got yeah. a problem and Bluey goes over to Chloe's house. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it possible that this is the time oh, that Bluey goes over to Chloe's yes. house? Maybe I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bluey, we know had animals on the mind in that episode, wanting to know what color oh, a kiwi, kiwi was. Yes. So yeah, going from land animals to uh, marine ones. I guess oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they are playing and. All of a sudden, Chloe's dad is not only playing octopus, but he is like 
octopus ninja. He is like the oh, ultimate wow. octopus, don't you think? Like, oh, yeah. He is owning this octopus game. He is not only meeting Bandit Healer, he has far surpassed it because of uh, his technical knowledge and willingness to let go and get involved. This time we're eels. Got it. I'll be a South Mariba octopus. Oh, no. That's a poisonous one. You have to freeze for four seconds if he touches you. Oh, okay. Let's go. He is a South Mariba octopus. Now, I had captions on and I did Google South Mariba octopus and it was a Google whack. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mm. thought it would be a proper species, but I don't know. Um, I'm Maybe the captions are spelling it wrong. I can see Mary hastily. Well, Mariba is a town in Australia. M-A-R-I-B-A? M-A-R-E-E-B-A. Oh, okay. Well, maybe uh, it's the caption that was wrong. Far North Queensland, perhaps a um, couple options. It could be where uh, he's from and mm. he's just like putting himself in that location as an octopus. Uh, yeah. But it Love is, it. Uh, it's, um, it means meeting of the waters, referring Ooh. to the point at which the Barren River is joined by Barren Creek. Oh, my um, God, it's also a metaphor. They're meeting. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Louie, he got you. One, two, three. Don't worry, I'm an electric eel. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, if you are out there, you have some marine biology expertise, please <laughs> let us know if there is such a thing as the South Mariba octopus. Um, and I just love how this game has evolved thanks to Chloe's dad's expertise. Like he is... Um, injecting ink he is paralyzing them with his poison um that stapler you know didn't know what hit it when they finally got it um there were electric eels involved there were turtles how great when bluey grabs the the couch cushion and goes in and rescues chloe just uh, and and it's she has leveled up because like you say everything's leveled up it's yep. it's yeah they've gone from pong to What's an advanced video game? Like <laughs> Street Fighter Deluxe. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> My video game knowledge is pong. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it is next level. Um but the pride of the girls levels up as well. You know, they were having fun playing octopus at the healer house, but they are just invested and you know, the whole point of Bluey has been to highlight the fact that we learn best when we're playing and playing mm-hmm. is so important to learning. Um, but yeah, this is just, you know, I feel like teachers should be taking note of all the things you could teach a kid if you just put it into a game or gamification as uh, it's called in um, <laughs> fancy teacher speak. But yeah, it's all you need is a couch and a stapler. And I a loved cushion. it. You know what I loved even more than that, Mary, was just how much Chloe's tail was wagging through the whole thing. There was such a level of pride in her dad and I just thought that was such a beautiful uh, transition. Not going to lie, uh, it was a bit dusty in the room by the end of this episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I That was so uh, I think it'd be easier to count the bluey episodes we don't cry in these yeah, days. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, when those new episodes were being, like, launched, it was basically like, you know, an emotional sucker punch before you started your day. You'd watch yeah. it at 8am and just be, 
like spend the next two hours just trying to process what you just witnessed. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. So emotional. Um, so, Mary, who was your most valuable player for, for this episode? Look, yeah, Chloe's dad, to my mind, just, you know, had nowhere to go but up. But, wow, he he took it skyward. You? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Chloe. I mm-hmm. liked how, um, you know, we had a low point there, but she was actually the first one to initiate going back to her dad. And um, I feel like, yeah, she was a really active participant in healing that little um, moment there. So um, given how, you know, she she just had an amazing range of emotions <laughs> through this whole thing. She was <laughs> in the depths of despair. She was um, so proud at the end. Yeah, I just I just loved it. Yeah, that is one. Like like you said, the tail wagging. One happy six year old. Oh, and even when she was upside down, and she just had this big <laughs> look of glee on her face, like, oh my god, this is happening. Um, so yeah, I just I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> He's got an A few Ludo uh, fun facts from this episode. Oh, yes. um, storyboard artist for this episode was Sarah Rackman, mm-hmm. who um, joined Ludo in 2020, I think, and um, yeah, shared shared that she'd done this one on her Twitter account. Um, her take on it was lots of flailing arms and cool houses, and I think that's probably <laughs> a pretty good summary of this episode. Yeah, fair. Um, but she also shouted out her desk neighbour, um, Frankie Francis Stanton, who voices Chloe's dad. So, oh, amazing. So, yeah, this is a very um, Ludo episode. Oh, I love it. Well, I hope he, I hope we get to see a bit more of Chloe's dad in future. Yeah. Because we've seen Chloe's mum, I feel, before, like in <sighs> um, Wagon Ride, like there's a Dalmatian well, with a baby. Is that Chloe's yeah, mum? Is that Chloe's mum? Because we never see Chloe with her little sister or brother. What happens in Spy Game where they're all at the picnic? Does Chloe have Good parents question. there? Possibly, but I can't really mm-hmm. picture anything mm-hmm. they do. No, neither can I. I feel um, like but, uh, the big one Chloe's dad is in is um, at the end of Adventure. Oh, yeah. He asks um, where he kind of demeans their princess game and is about to get the wrath of Chloe for doing so. So I don't yeah, mean that, this in a mean way, but he seemed much cooler in that episode. <laughs> don't you think? I feel like he was a bit nerdier this time around, but oh, maybe really? I, thought that, I thought that was an early foreshadowing that, <laughs> that he didn't we... really get it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry I said you were wrong. Well, I'm sorry I said Bluey's dad is more fun than you. That's okay. He probably is. But you're fun too. One more little episode oh. flashback. This is not the first time that octopuses uh, get a reference in Bluey because oh. – in hospital, um, it's orig- it's initially an octopus that is in uh, Bandit's stomach that needs to be pulled out, I think. But yeah. a very controversial moment in the Blueyverse because there's been a lot of debate online whether Bluey says, um, ah, so many tentacles or testicles <laughs> as a bit of a like, kid slip up. There's even a theory that she says testicles in the Australian edit and tentacles in the uh, US one. Well, now that would not surprise me. 
Well, look, um, go back to the hospitals episode. It's a cracker and you can assess for yourself. Um, <laughs> but also in that episode, another thing that lit up debate um, was initially when Bingo draws that octopus in Bandit's stomach, um, he says, oh, it's a pot plant, um, which sounds <laughs> very normal to us. US viewers like, you mean like marijuana? Like, <laughs> which, so uh, we call a plant in a pot, a pot, pa- a pot plant, but yeah, yeah like a normal like, household plant, if it's in a pot, would be a pot plant. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no other word. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, the, the American, uh, viewership was very much, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I don't know if that's intended. I, yeah, no, I think that's a that's a cultural misunderstanding that we might need to chalk up. <laughs> so uh, we're at that stage of the episode, I think, Mary, where we can go to mailbag, and we have a lovely um, letter from. Um, lovely Karina in um, Austin, Texas. Oh, love and Austin, Texas. I know. Well, I've never been there, but, you know, Brene's from okay. there. So oh, I can, wow. Okay. I can only hope. Um, Yet another and, thing to have in common. <laughs> <laughs> she said, my bluey, uh, Saruna, she says, is one of our biggest fans. Oh. She said, every time we hop in the car, I get a request to listen to your show Saruna keeps asking if she's going to be Bluey's age soon, and she will. She's going to be six in July. So happy Ooh. birthday, Saruna. Hope you've had a Love great it. one. Um, she apparently fell asleep in the car and then asked her dad why he switched her podcast off. So um, that is Fiercely loyal and Saruna, we send all of our love straight back to you and your amazing parents. Um, we understand it's your goal to visit Australia one day and we just really hope that that gets to happen and we'll look forward to, um, yeah, having a play date or something like that, uh-huh. Louis style when you do make it over. So, so thanks good. for getting in touch. Thank you. Kate, I think we're there. I think we uh, are too. Uh, so yeah. What does your octopus face look like at this point? Sort of glazed and dazed, but good. Yeah. Um, so if you too have a glazed, dazed play face uh, when you're oh tuning out with your kids, Please let us know. Um, you can find us on all the socials. On Facebook, we are uh, at Bluey Pod, uh, or you can look us up. Got to be done the Bluey Podcast on Instagram. We are at Bluey Pod on Twitter. We are at Bluey Podcast, or you can email us. It's BlueyPod at gmail dot com. Got there oh, in the end. All those things. We would <laughs> love to hear from you. We have. Two more episode recaps this Cannot season, believe Kate. it. In denial. I think we'll have a few special treats along yeah, the way. Yeah, there. there'll be a bit more to come. Um, but whatever happens, we will be back next week. Um, thank you so much, Kate. And Until in the meantime, got to be, be done. done. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what do I do? Turn into a flatback sea turtle. A what?